0: Good evening, welcome. This is our second Lenten midweek service. Our, our theme uh, today or uh, tonight is, is mercy in suffering. And our, our sermon is going to be based on our epistle lesson from 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, some familiar verses, I think, and we'll uh, deal with the topic of how you and I maybe suffer. And, uh, we also have uh, some good old uh, traditional Lutheran uh, Lenten hymns. And then we have a couple of uh, newer songs, one we haven't sung before, but I think you'll uh, pick up on it really quick. And if not, just enjoy it and listen to the, listen to the words. But uh, I think after a stanza or two, you'll pick it up. Uh, hopefully, hopefully so. Let's rise for the invocation and call the worship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? me Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day and by night, but I find no rest. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him. We sing Jesus, I will ponder now, hymn number 440. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord. We likewise confess to God that we have often spoken against him and have sinned. We cry to you for mercy.
1: Jesus, I've forgotten the words that you have spoken, promises that burn within, my heart have now grown dim, with a doubting heart I follow the of.
0: as we uh not y'all please be seated and have you sit down and reflect on the fact that though our sin is great god's mercy is greater and we're going to take a, a little bit longer than we would normally do so it might make you a little uncomfortable Please rise. Here's the good news. God's word declares that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. In the mercy of Almighty God, His Son Jesus was given to die for you, to remove the guilt of your sin. For Christ's sake... God forgives you all your sins, and he gives you eternal life. His mercy endures forever, because his love for you is steadfast. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, as we continue our Lenten pilgrimage, we do so in the view of your mercy. We encounter many hardships and much suffering in life. Strengthen us by your Holy Spirit so that we may trust you through the trials and take up the cross to follow you. We praise through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated.
2: The Old Testament reading for this evening is taken from the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food... And no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the law and against you. Pray to the Lord, and he will take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the people said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading for this evening is from 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return, When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins on his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please rise for the
0: reading of the gospel? Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the eighth chapter. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother in law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and began to serve him. That evening, they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated as we sing Hymn 451, Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted. Peace and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, our sermon comes from 1 Peter, the second chapter, verses 22 through 25. Benjamin Franklin once remarked that there are two certainties which we all encounter death and taxes. And death we will encounter on Monday as we remember Bob Gaines Monday afternoon at his funeral. And right now, most of us are probably encountering encountering taxes in one way or another, especially if you are filling out your returns. Which I think is really a bad name because most often we don't get anything back. No return. That's another sermon, though. Um, I would add... To Ben Franklin, another certainty, and that is simply suffering. We all face suffering in life, whether it be sooner or or later. And all you need to do is to simply realize that is to to watch or read the daily news. We hear of terrorist attacks, or just this week, the death of two people from the United States who crossed into Mexico or we hear those who are innocent people who are killed or injured in an accident, are killed or injured by artillery in a war, as we have over in in Europe. Natural disasters, such as the earthquakes that hit here in California, or like the the ones who just recently hit um, in Europe with an incredible amount of lost life. And then over on the coasts, um, we, East Coast and coast of Texas and Florida, we have the hurricanes that affect us, and then across the Midwest and the Heartland, the tornadoes. And very recently, here in California, fires. And all these things tend to devastate property, devastate lives. Children go hungry and and the poor struggle. Injustice deprives citizens of their rights and freedom. And closer to home, there there is more personal evidence of suffering that surrounds all of us. Our economy goes sour. We lose employment. Families experience the turmoil of domestic conflicts and and even breakups. We witness our own bodies deteriorating as they age. Disease, cancer, injury become our uninvited companions. Lost dreams and depression plague us. And sooner or later, we all experience suffering of some kind. Suffering surrounds us all. And eventually, it afflicts us all. The existence of suffering has led many people to reject the Christian faith. Famous voices such as Bertrand Russell and Stephen Jobs regarded the reality of pain and sorrow to be the clinching argument against the idea of a loving God. But the Bible does not ignore the messy reality of the world we live in. Nowhere does Christianity deny the existence of pain and suffering. Indeed, the Bible unequivocally declares that this is a fallen world, a broken planet. Especially during this season of Lent, Christians acknowledge the reality of suffering. But Lent provides us, I think, with a new lens through which to view suffering. And that is through the lens of God's mercy. In it, we see a God who entered into our suffering to bear our suffering and to bring healing to us. So why is there suffering? That's a pretty deep, pretty heavy question. But the Bible says that ultimately the answer is because there is simply sin in this world. God created the world without suffering, but when humanity rebelled against God's perfect plan, sin along with suffering was introduced. Genesis 3 describes the consequences of the human race as it fell into sin. It says that at that time that, that suffering entered the world and thorns were introduced into our lives. So ultimately, the problem is not pain. The problem is not suffering. It is not the crime, the illness, or the catastrophes that plague life. These are only symptoms of a deeper problem that has infected our, our, our excuse me, and all of humanity. That problem is sin. And each of us has been infected with sin. Nevertheless, these results from a sinful and fallen world are painful. Suffering is real. In the book of, um, called Migrants and Sharecroppers and Mountaineers, a poverty-stricken mother describes an incident in which her husband lost his temper at a preacher, of all things, who was speaking on the topic of suffering in the church. And he was saying, it's a service. This is what she wrote. Then my husband did the worst thing he could do, He took the baby, Annie, and he held her right before his face, the minister's, and he screamed and hollered at him. He told him that here was our little Annie, and she never has been to the doctor, and the child is sick, and we have no money not for Annie or the other ones or ourselves. Then he told the the reverend he was like all the rest, making money off of us, And he held our Annie as high as he could right near the cross and told God he'd better stop having the minister speaking for him and he should come and see us himself. The migrant father sums up the dilemma of pain, the dilemma of suffering, about as well as it can ever be expressed. Why are there sick children? And why is there no money And little hope among so many of them. Perhaps you've held feelings just like the migrant worker. He demanded that God come down and see for himself the suffering of this world. But you know, God did that exact thing. And not only did God see what suffering was like, he also experienced it to the full. He felt what suffering was like. For above all people in history, Jesus Christ suffered the most. God's own son came down to this fallen world, experienced its imperfections, its ugliness, its cruelty, its suffering. Christ was treated with more injustice than we ever will know. He was betrayed by friends, rejected by his people. He was humiliated, stripped, mocked, ridiculed, and he was beaten. Peter says this as he describes Jesus' suffering in verses 22 and 23. He says, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. The cure of suffering is the cross. The cross on which Jesus died was not a pretty sight. It was meant to produce supreme suffering. Christ, our Lord, our Savior, the Son of God, was nailed to the cross. His back which was already shredded from the scourging that preceded the crucifixion, scraped against the splintered lumber of the beam. Jesus' body was in continuous, contorted movement as he struggled from a slow suffocation. His pain was excruciating. In fact, that is where we get the word excruciating because it literally means out of a crucifixion. Crucifixion is the most terrible experience of pain and suffering that our minds can even imagine. More than anyone else, Jesus Christ tasted the curse that was brought about by our first parents and their sin. But he also brought about the reversal of that curse. The cross before which the the migrant father held up his baby is the very symbol that God shared in our pain and suffered and died. Not only did he share that, Christ experienced it in your place, in my place, the place of the whole world. You and I can therefore trust the Lord. We can Experience it. And we can trust him through all of our suffering. Because he endured it completely with us and for us. God knows what suffering in this world is like. Jesus is a wounded healer. Because Christ's sacrificial and substitutionary suffering, we are made whole. We are healed. From our greatest ailment, the sickness of sin. The apostle Peter wrote in our text in verse 24, he said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and to live to righteousness. Because Jesus has definitively dealt with the cause of suffering, sin, you and I can trust him to deal compassionately with the symptom, symptoms of our sufferings, the pains, the sorrows that you and I experience in life. And because Jesus endured suffering on our behalf, you and I can endure as well. The text from Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 reminds us, it says, For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Entering the Christian life does not mean that suffering is automatically withdrawn from us. In fact, it probably means just the opposite, that you and I will experience more hostility from this world, just as Jesus did. Jesus suffered... And you and I are called to follow in his footsteps. But the cross provides you and me with strength. The strength to endure our sufferings. Because it transforms suffering. Just as God's power transformed the horrific suffering of Jesus on the cross into the ultimate victory of God over sin. So also God's power can transform your suffering my suffering with new eyes from a renewed perspective. We do so in the view of God's mercy. In mercy, Christ suffered to atone for our sin. Now in our suffering, we focus on the never-failing mercy of God and we trust in his plan for us. Some of you are familiar with Corey Ten Boom, and she provides us with a powerful example of the transformative, transformative power of suffering in view of God's mercy. Corey's family was persecuted by the Nazis for protecting Jews during World War II. Corey and her sister Betsy suffered incredible hardships in the concentration camp in which they were unjustly incarcerated. In the midst of all that misery, however, Betsy proclaimed a message of transformative faith. When Corey lamented about the pit of suffering they were in, Betsy replied with these words. She said, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Betsy knew that life is painful, but God's mercy is even more powerful. The Apostle Peter wrote about Jesus in verse 24 of our text. He says, by his wounds, you, that's you and me, and our world have been healed. During this Lent and always, may you and I remember the horrific suffering that Christ experienced on the cross for us. But may we also never forget the healing, the hope, That came from that sacrifice. Let us ever draw upon his healing strength that now comes to us in our suffering. Amen. Would you rise for prayer? Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, we approach your throne of grace tonight as those who struggle with hardship and suffer with pain. When we encounter the brokenness of this world and the suffering that it brings, such as natural disasters, economic reversals, and financial losses, restore us with your healing power so that we might rest secure in you as our mighty fortress. When we experience broken relationships and the suffering that these bring, such as estrangement of family members, alienation from friends, and conflict within congregations, restore us with your healing power so that we might seek reconciliation and peace. When we experience broken bodies and the suffering that it brings, such as illness, injury, and disability. Restore us with your healing power so that we might live in health once again. When we experience broken minds and the suffering that it brings, such as with mental illness, neurosis, and dementia, restore us with your healing power so that we might know of your love. When we experience broken spirits and the suffering that it brings, such as depression, despair, and desperation, restore us with your healing power so that we might have hope. When we encounter the death of loved ones and the sorrow that it brings, restore us with your abiding comfort so that we might trust in your victory over death. When we encounter our own death and the terror that it brings, restore us with your resurrection power so that we might live eternally in your glory. All these things you pray in the name of Jesus, the suffering servant, our Father. May the merciful God who suffered the pain of the cross for you and your salvation strengthen you to trust him through hardship, according to his good and gracious will, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. We sing hymn 47, Alas, and did my Savior bleed. Amen. Please be seated. we have any announcements tonight? Hmm? Oh, that's true. Well, spring, four. spring 4. Okay, we've got to announce it on Sunday, so we better call everybody. You, hmm? Saturday night when you go to bed. So you lose an hour of sleep, sorry. Sorry. Um, so, Monday... Sunday comes first, right? Sunday. So come back Sunday morning (laughs) as we uh, continue with our Latin Worship services. Sorry. It's been a long day. Um, And uh, Monday is Bob Gaines' funeral. Uh, His interment will be actually on Tuesday. That'll be down in Sacramento, Fair Oaks. Uh, But the funeral will be here at 1 o'clock, and there'll be a a lunch also. Um, And then, uh, am am I missing anything else? Then we have next Wednesday. so. I don't know who's doing the soup supper next Wednesday, but come join us, bring friends, bring family, bring somebody up from the street, be somebody who bring somebody who's suffering, who needs to hear about mercy. Because if you haven't caught the theme yet, we're we're dealing with mercy every week as we go through in, in different ways. And most certainly I would imagine that most of us can relate to suffering and the mercy. Yes? No Meetings tomorrow? Oh, so next week, LML and Facilities Committee. Got it. Okay. Call your members. Let us go in peace and serve the
1: Lord.